like you can't like if you were to just ramp up the intensity ramp it up ramp it up and and you know let's say your body was really kind of telling you to pull back maybe there's a little tweak or you know you're getting a little feedback and you were to just stay on it staying on it right cooking at 750 degrees like you're gonna burn the cake right and you're gonna burn your body out um and it's just not gonna work Hey everyone, welcome to the Freak Talks podcast where we discuss fitness, nutrition and wellness and interview people in the fitness space who have great stories to tell, share their experiences, how fitness has influenced their life and where they want to take it in the future. I'm your host, Seth Feldman. Today we are here with the man, the myth, the legend, Jeremy Feldman, my brother, the man who started it all, who made Frequency Fitness happen. Um, you know, he, uh, he's been doing exercise and working out since a really young age and got all the way up to competitive, high level competitive martial arts. And, uh, since then he's taken that same drive, that same ambition that brought him to where he was. And he's started, uh, a real estate company. And now he's taken the Charleston real estate area by storm with his team over at Lively Charleston, where, uh, they're changing the way real estate agents work, sell and market to their consumers. Jerry, what's up, bro? Thanks for coming on. My brother from the same mother. What's up, man? Dude, that was uh, that's quite the intro. I gotta, I just, I need to take a second here, and let my head come down from the clouds a little bit. You, you pumped me up a little bit there. Yeah, well, I, I, I could, somebody's got to do it, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Awesome, man. Well, uh, I'm definitely uh, excited and uh, honored. Seems that's a weird word. I don't really use that, but I'm excited to be on the show, man. Yeah, man, I'm excited to have you. Thanks for coming on the very first episode. Of course, of course. I felt uh, I felt like it wouldn't be real if it, if we didn't have the founder on for the first one. You know what, I'm going to say it. I, I'm just going to come out with it. I'm honored to be on the first episode. You know, of all the people you could have asked, of all the options, I appreciate it, man. Absolutely. I think, does, I think this might have a little something to do with me uh, sticking up for you uh, with, like, bullies and stuff in, in middle school. Yeah. This is kind of a, a repaying the favor type yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Fair enough. It, it always comes around. So I, I need to make sure I do a good job keeping this mic right in front of my face, too. I'm, yeah. Uh, that's going to be a, a tough habit for me to break here. Yeah, me too. I, uh, I've actually watched a lot of podcasts in the last, like, week where people have similar mics and just watch how they work and how they talk and how they maneuver the microphone so that they, they don't end up turning their face to the side and not picking up any audio. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. They're definitely trained. Uh, so, you know, it's our first one here, but uh, I think we'll get the hang of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, tell us a, a little bit for the people that don't know. Uh, tell us a little bit about your story, where where you started, how you first got into, uh, you know, working out and fitness and exercise. Uh, I mean, just uh, how did how did all that start up? Yeah, man. So, um, you know, I'm going to be honest. I started working out because uh, I wanted to meet girls. That's and, a, uh, super common. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what percentage of dudes that that applies to, but it's got to be like up in the '90s. I would think high nineties, (laughs) mostly (laughs) upper nineties. Yeah. You know, man, I was kind of a nerdy, skinny little dude in in high school. And, uh, you know, I saw the, the muscular football player guys and, you know, they all had girlfriends and I didn't. So I was like, well, I guess I need muscles. And that's kind of, that's kind of where it, the desire started. I would say it was, uh, it was quite a long time before the muscles actually came, but that's where, (laughs) that's where the original uh, desire to start working out came from. Yeah, you got that uh, that typical tall, lean, lanky, hard gainer body type, dude. Super hard, super. Although it, it's 
Now I'm kind of on the flip side of that now, you know, approaching 40 here. It's uh, it's not as hard to put on a little bit of size, but you know, getting rid of this lower back fat that just popped up <laughs> over the past year, that's been a little bit more it's of a, a challenge. It's a different kind of size at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have new challenges now. <laughs> Got the girlfriend, also the back fat. Now I need to lose the back fat working on it. Hey man, dad bods are in right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm pushing it. I'm pushing it. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of where it started, you know, and then, um, also, you know, used to watch as a kid, I, I watched, uh, you know, all the Jean-Claude Van Damme movies and, you know, The Last Dragon with uh, Bruce Leroy and the oh, Ninja yeah. Turtles. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, Bruce Leroy is a legend. Dude, he's a legend. He's a legend, man. They were talking about him on uh, First Take today. Were they really? Max and Max Kellerman and Stephen A. Smith, they were talking about how James Harden has the glow. <laughs> Only show enough can stop him. <laughs> I was like... If you're not at least like 35, you don't know that you don't get no it. No idea what you're talking about. I, I remember I wore a uh, Last Dragon ugly sweater to an ugly sweater Christmas party we hosted a few years I back. I that sweater. And only you and like one other person actually got the joke. Yep. Everybody else just looked at me like I was an idiot. But you knew that and it was still worth it. It was it? totally worth it. Still worth it, was, it. It was the best like $7 I spent that year. <laughs> 100%. 100%. Um, so, so, yeah, I, you know, I watched all those and then, you know, UFC. This is back when like the UFC was like, you would have to go to Blockbuster. Um, for anybody under 30, Blockbuster, it's, it used to be this big company that uh, you could go rent movies from. Anyways, Google it. Um, so you could go to Blockbuster and get a DVD and like rent it and then bring it back. You probably remember this. You're a little younger, but we would watch UFC fights and then like try the moves out. I remember we would watch UFC fights and then you would put me in ankle locks yes. in the basement. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> That's why you have such great ankle mobility yeah, right now. Absolutely. You got such a money to squat. Tap. <laughs> <laughs> just break it um yeah so that was uh you know all that kind of led to a desire it probably all came back to the same thing to be honest you know what i mean it was about uh you know meeting girls but i had to get muscles and i had to be able to kick some ass in order to do it you know at least that's what i thought yeah um so yeah i had this like this uh this strong desire to learn you know karate or martial arts or something right taekwondo and so i had my best friend at the time in high school he was in Taekwondo and he was just like total badass. You know what I mean? He could do like all these cool kicks and like so annoying because we'd just be like hanging out at school. He would just do like a 360 spin kick and kick some leaves or something. And like everybody would be like, oh, that was so cool. And I'd be like, damn it. I wish I could do that. <laughs> so I definitely was fiending for uh, some attention there, you know, in the younger days. And um, so as soon as I could, uh, uh, as soon as I could afford it, you know, to pay for it, Got my own job. I, I got into Taekwondo and I was, uh, you know, I was pretty serious about that. And I met, you know, as you know, we live in Colorado Springs. So like we have, or we lived, we grew up in Colorado Springs. So we had proximity to the Olympic Training Center. And so a lot of the, like highest level athletes in the whole world lived in Colorado Springs. And it just so happened that I kind of, you know, got connected with some of the Taekwondo guys that were like the best in the country. And so, you know, I got some pretty strong mentorship, you know, even like really just like right out of the gate. So pretty fortunate in that respect. And then just kind of learned, you know, a, a lot of things out of the gate training with those guys. And, and so, so that's where, um, to kind of, kind of bring your, bring a full circle back to your question. That's where I had this desire for, you know, athletic performance and uh, strength and conditioning and, you know, working fast twitch muscle fibers and, and, and core strength and, and kind of putting it all together. It was really for that. So I could excel with that, which is kind of my, my original, like true, you know, athletic passion was, um, you know, Taekwondo and, and competition and, 
um, you know, trying to make nationals and, and possibly an Olympic team. Awesome. That's a, that's a hell of a story. How far did you make it in uh, your Taekwondo endeavors? Well, uh, you know, I like to brag that I had a couple of back-to-back quarterfinal finishes at U.S. Open, um, which if you don't know Taekwondo, that might sound impressive. But uh, if you're in that world, you realize that that really doesn't mean shit. (laughs) And uh, it basically means you could get like a first round bye and then like beat some kid with Nebraska that's like never been out of his state before. And like, there you go. You're in the quarterfinals. (laughs) <laughs> went, went from Nebraska to Colorado Springs to fight at altitude. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and the, the, the poor bastard can't breathe at all. Um, so it's not that big of an accomplishment. But, um, you know, I had a uh, – I won nationals in, in the AAU circuit, which was, uh, you know, pretty cool for me, you know, at the time. And then I got to go to national team trials, uh, which is um, where, you know, kind of the top – what was it? Uh, the top five or six guys in, you know, each weight class in that circuit. You know, they go – um, compete for national team, which is going to be, and then you would go to like the Pan Am championships or something like that. So I made the finals in that. Um, unfortunately, you know, ran into a better man, guy with a little bit more experience than me, um, and uh, really got my ass kicked, to be honest with you, <laughs> in my in my finals there. Um, still, still missing about two minutes of my life that uh, I still don't remember from that encounter. But yeah, that, that was probably at or near the pinnacle for me. All right, all right. So it wasn't uh, kicking me in the head in the basement when uh, when the phone was ringing and it turned out to be mom. That's top five. That's, that's easily easily top three. That's top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you were paying attention in any of those uh, Bruce Lee movies, you know to never turn away from an enemy. And I mean, weren't we? I don't know. Weren't we doing some some drills or something like that? Yeah, yeah we were. We were doing some sort of a drill, and I kept like dropping my head, and you were like, "If you keep dropping your head, I'm gonna kick you in the head." <laughs> What's what a good big brother supposed to do? Right, teach lessons. So, sure enough, I kept dropping my head. You kicked me in the head, and as soon as you did, the phone rang. And this was this was back before uh, cell phones existed, or at mm-hmm. least where mm-hmm. where you know everybody had one, including like eight year olds. Yep. So it was the house phone that was ringing, and uh, you ran over. You like knocked me unconscious. And you ran over to the phone and picked it up and grabbed it. And it was mom. She was checking in for something. And you're like, mom, I gotta go. I just knocked Seth out and like hung up. <laughs> Didn't even try to play it cool. Like, nope, nope. everything's good. Nothing to worry about here. Oh, yeah, no, I, I do remember she called back like seven seconds later. She probably just hung out the phone, picked it up, and then hit the redial button. Yep, yep. To just immediately call again. Star 69 did. Yeah, pretty sure <laughs> Pretty sure I went to class that night, too. Probably not my smartest one. Yeah, this is before, you know, CTE and all that stuff had come out. Yeah, so we, we didn't really have that info. Because back then, 1992, whatever year it was. <laughs> yeah, it, it was more of a brush. It was, it was more of a brush than, than a real kick, but. Yeah. So, yeah, that's top five for sure. Top five, nice. Nice. All right. So, uh, so from Taekwondo, mm-hmm. what, uh, where'd, where'd you head after that? You, you eventually got into like functional fitness and, and lifting and bodybuilding and, and using weights primarily. Yep. Yeah. So, um, you know, th- this is one of those stories, you know, where like if, if I, I, if I only knew then, you know, what I know now, but, um, I actually like jacked my back up real bad when I was like 20, 21 or so because, Again, I was trying to, I wanted to be explosive, you know, you know, uh, train, uh, you know, these fast twitch muscle fibers and in, in Taekwondo, it's a, it's a very explosive sport. So I was looking for ways to kind of gain an edge there and, and to improve. And so um, I saw, I, I think I saw in a men's health magazine or something, um, you know, power cleans and, uh, you know, all that was probably like three boxes, like great for this, this and this. And I was like, shit, that's exactly what I need. And so I tried to teach myself the power clean um, from 
a couple of pictures in a men's health magazine. And uh, to top it all off, I was at a, I was at a YMCA and I was using an easy curl bar <laughs> to uh, power clean the shit. And so if, if, if you guys don't know what an easy curl bar is, it's like the one that like zigzags across. So you can like turn your hands inward or outward, but it's certainly not for cleans no, it's, it's, <laughs> or snatches. It's, it's definitely intended for like biceps and triceps. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, that is not the right uh, equipment. <laughs> so, and then God only knows what I looked like. I mean, if I could, I, I don't know. I don't want to know. Like, I, I would, I'm glad there weren't cell phones back then because I would have gone viral. Yeah, you, you'd have been on like Jim Fail Nation's Instagram. All day, dude, all day doing power cleans with the easy curl, bro. Like, <laughs> yes. So, um, anyways, and I ended up hurting my back. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I probably had all sorts of like terrible, you know, uh, setup issues and, and, you know, the whole thing. So, um, kind of had to, had, had to figure it out on my own. You know what I mean? Like a lot of it was from like magazines and shit like that. And so I didn't really have a, a coach or anything at that time. So it's almost like when I was at my kind of athletic prime, I was also at, um, at, I, I guess my lowest point from it, from an information standpoint, as far as athletic performance and like what will actually achieve the result I'm looking for. So I definitely had this desire to like learn this stuff. Um, and then, you know, what happened was there was, uh, I, I forget what year it was, but the, uh, the Olympic training center, they shut down the Taekwondo team. There was some drama, there was some scandal or something. I, I don't know this, the whole story, something to do with some, some people doing some bad stuff and, um, with drugs and, and this, that, and the other, I think it went all the way up to the, to the, to the IOC and, and they shut down the program, uh, the international Olympic committee. So they shut down the program. So. Everybody went home, right? And, and I had a few buddies, you know, in the program. And they ended up uh, going back to their hometowns and starting kind of this, this, this concept. I don't know if it was new, but it was new to me in seeing what they were doing. And it was basically a, a CrossFit gym with a martial arts school right next door. And the concept was super cool in that, you know, normally parents that take their kids to like soccer practice or karate or whatever it is, they just kind of sit there, you know, reading a book or a magazine or just you know, bored, right? Waiting for the kids to be done. And then on the flip side, it's like, you know, how do they, how do parents get their workout in? You know what I mean? If they have the kids and like, it's hard to do that. If, if the place doesn't have a, a center for kids or a place where they can go, like it's tough. And so it was kind of this perfect combination where it's like, Hey, you drop the kids off at Taekwondo class, get your workout in, circle back, pick them up. And like everybody got what they needed done. Right. And they were having a lot of success with it. So uh, my best friend Donovan and I, we were, um, uh, he was also a Taekwondo guy, super high level athlete. Um, he'd kind of wrapped up his career as well, kind of around that same time. And we we're like, you know what, let's, we could do that. Like, why not? Let, let's rock it out. Like we know the, we know the martial arts side, we'll go learn kind of the fitness side. Um, and, you know, we went and got our CrossFit level one certifications and within 40 days I had sold all my stuff living in Denver, sold everything I own. Um, Donovan flew out here. We drove back and, uh, you know, I slept on his couch while we, while we figured it out. That was basically as far as the plan had gone. And, uh, and then we, you know, we, we figured it out and that was kind of how we, we ended up starting it. But, um, that's how frequency was born was we opened that up and a martial arts school right next door. Very cool. Very cool. So I actually remember when, uh, when you guys, when you were sleeping on the couch, I came down to visit. I was living in DC at the time. Oh boy. And I had, I had work in, uh, in Charlotte. So I ended, I, I crushed my, my project for the week and I finished by Thursday afternoon so I could drive down and spend a long weekend with you guys. 
And uh, I slept on the chair on the ottoman because you had the couch. The guest bed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I slept there for three nights, and I just remember at, on the way home, I had to drive back to D.C. It was an eight-hour drive, and I had lost my cell phone, and I had one CD in the CD player, so I listened to that one CD on repeat for eight hours. And uh, in that moment, I was like, I'm going to move to Charleston. <laughs> Sold. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, that's about how it goes. Like, you know, you had an epic trip if uh, you're like limping back home with no phone and <laughs> yeah, just a bunch of hazy memories of a good time. Yeah, not really sure what happened, but I do remember listening to the same eight songs for eight straight hours because <laughs> the radio in North Carolina is basically NASCAR. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. You know, and then I remember I kind of because um, it, it seemed like you were pretty miserable up there in D.C. for a little while, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I had I had some ups and downs between traveling and work and just projects that I was on that I wasn't a big fan of, and yeah, yeah. And, and you were pretty, you you were at or near like a low point health wise, I think, kind of in that time, right? Pretty low, pretty low. Yeah, I think I think the worst was was when we got back from the Middle East. That was that was when I was definitely my heaviest and my least athletic yep. Yep. and most unwell from a from a health perspective yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but uh but but moving down to the, to charleston from dc was was definitely up there like i i wasn't in great shape or i didn't i didn't do a lot of the things that needed to be done to take care of my myself and my body and my mind yeah yeah and, and i remember too that's why i was kind of uh, i remember kind of peer pressuring you for a while like come move to charleston move to charleston i think you were trying to find work and which is you know sometimes challenging down here um and so um, but I remember that, yeah, kind of thinking like, if, if only I could get you here, you know, and then it's like, just come to the gym, you know, you can, you can come work out for free, like whatever. Um, but just plugging into that, like, and, and, um, you know, what that could do for you, I just felt like it would be such a good thing. And, you know, and then of course, you know, come kick it with me for a little bit and your niece is here and all that other stuff too. Yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I, I remember that. I remember, uh, giving you a hard time. I think, I feel like it took almost a year you to actually be able to come down here took two years two was it two it was two dang that's wild yeah it took a it took a long time to finally find a job and then i, I remember when i got the phone call because i was it was an accident i always screen my phone calls like if it's important if i don't have your number you're, you're going to voicemail if it's important you'll leave me a voicemail and i was messing around on my phone and i accidentally like i was doing something and i was like swiping on instagram or something and my phone rang and i swiped and it answered the phone and i was like oh shit <laughs> hold on one second like I was at work I was like hold on one second and I went outside and it was a recruiter from tech systems she was like hey uh, I got a job opportunity in Charleston uh, do you want it and I was like cool real quick before we move any further are we talking South Carolina or West Virginia and she was like I didn't even know there was a Charleston West Virginia I was like cool make it happen I don't need any more details that's all like, I need to know I've been trying for two years like <laughs> I don't care what the salary is I don't care about anything and I did, I did very similar to what you did. I, I sold everything that I own. At the time, I had a Lexus IS250. If it didn't fit in the car, it didn't come with me. And uh, so that meant I sold like 97% of my possessions. I came down with like a computer and a couple posters. Well, I remember actually that, I mean, that car was bursting at the seams. Like, oh, yeah. You literally had the windows cracked with like shit sticking out of the window. Like, did you drive eight hours like this? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we had to roll the windows down and take stuff out before we could open the doors. Otherwise, it was going to fall out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh my God. I remember. Yeah. I remember. So, but that was, uh, yeah, man, good time. And then you slept on my couch for a couple months. No, you, you guys have the spare room. 
Oh yeah, that, yeah. Well, we had, we had a spot for you, figuratively, yeah. I guess. Yeah. It was it was a futon, but it was okay. it was it was basically a couch. Close it enough. A, it was a fold out couch. Close <laughs> enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so all right, cool. So from frequency, you you started frequency and the taekwondo school at the same time. All right. So so kind of what happened from there, right? They they they've since separated into their own separate businesses and kind of kind of gone off and done their own thing. What what kind of spawned that? Yeah, so um, we had this idea, this concept. Cool, parents drop the kids off, get your workout in, scoop the kids, head home, you know, grab dinner, do your thing, right? Uh, and it worked. It was, it was super cool. It worked really well. Um, and, you know, what ended up kind of happening, our original vision was like we were partner, you know, we're 50-50 partners on this thing, and, and we're going to grow them. And then um, we didn't really have a plan beyond that, to be honest <laughs> To be honest with you. It was just, you know, teach people how to work out and, and kick shit. Um and then, you know, both of them were successful and they started to kind of, they started to need their own like respective CEOs, right? It was like kind of, we were both kind of co-operating both of them. So neither of them, neither of them being the businesses was um, really getting like the right attention that it needed, you know? So uh, we just kind of made the decision like, hey, let's, let's split these things up. And, um, you know, Donovan, he went to martial arts school. That was always kind of his, his, uh, he had more of a vision for that anyways, you know what I mean? Or, or more of a passion, you know, for working with the kids than I did. Um, and then I, you know, took over the gym and, um, that was that, that that's why they kind of separated. Um, and then we had, uh, we, we had a period there of, of, you know, really, really strong growth. Um, and I learned a lot, you know, the frequency was, you know, I always tell everyone frequency was like business school for me. Um, it's where I learned, you know, when you first get into something, anybody who's read the E-Myth, you know, they know this, but <clears throat> when you first get into something, you think, oh, I love doing this and I'm good at it. So I'm going to start my own business and I'm just going to do this all the time, right? Whatever it is. I think in the E-Myth, the example they use is like you're, you're uh, a baker and you open a bake shop, right? Um, well, I, you know, I love to work out as a fitness guy. And uh, so I want to teach people how to do fitness, right? But you quickly learn that, like, you actually don't do too much of that at all. You know, you have to learn marketing. You have to learn sales. You have to learn, in the beginning, you know, you do your own bookkeeping and spend an hour at least cleaning the gym every day and then learning how to build vendor relationships and, and um, design apparel and, like, all this stuff, right? And I learned all that through frequency. You know what I mean? There's no, I, I have a business degree, but, like, None of that. It doesn't prepare you for any of that shit, for, like, the real stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, hiring. Employee, I'd never hired anybody before, you know? I'd never uh, I'd never been a, a leader in that respect, you know? Um, or been somebody that people came to for direction, right? Um, so just kind of, like, learning how to do all those things, building out a training program for staff, right? Never done that before. So that was... Um, but these are all the things that are that are fundamental to any business, right? It's just that that was my first go around at it, you know. So frequency, you know, I, I'm always always grateful for um, just all the lessons learned there and, and the relationships. Met a, a ton of amazing people. Mo most of the friends that I have in Charleston are in one way or another through the gym. You know, um, we've crossed paths somehow because of because of frequency. Uh, but but that's kind of. Uh, that's kind of a, I, I went off on a little bit of a tangent there. I forget what the original question was, but no, no, uh, you're good. Yeah. That's kind of the story. You're good. How does, uh, how does all that stuff that you learned doing, you know, going to, you know, air quote business school with frequency, um, 
how did all that translate into what you're doing now with Lively Charleston and the real estate team and, and how you've been able to develop that and build that out and, and change the way that you guys see real estate happening as opposed to the, the traditional ways? Yeah, that's a cool question. Um, you know, I would say kind of going back to what I said about um, how most of what I learned, it was really just the fundamentals of business, right? So learning how to, how to market, learning how to sell. You know, when we would when we would set up our coaches development program, uh, I think we originally called it the ITP, the instructor training program, right? And um, we branded it as this whole program, right? And what we had to, to do, though, was recruit people to want to be a part of that, right? Like, why should they want to come uh, be a coach with us, you know? And especially, especially early on, we didn't have that much money. We weren't making anything. Um, you know, I was barely paying my bills, you know, I didn't have a whole bunch of money to pay somebody else. So there was this kind of like selling, selling the vision, you know what I mean? That, that I learned how to do. Um, and then just creating the systems and the processes. So all that stuff has translated into, you know, now what we're doing with Lively Charleston um, and, and really would translate into any business, to be honest with you. It just happens to be that I'm in the real estate business, but you know, the ability to have some sort of a vision um, to, articulate that and clearly communicate that in a way that gets people excited and want to be a part of it and then just create the systems and the processes and and the training and you know figure the shit out as you go right that might be that might be the biggest one to be honest is you just learn that like you don't need to know it all you just kind of keep marching forward and you figure the shit out as you go right and that's that's just kind of a muscle that you train yeah i mean just like just like any other muscle or just like any other like fitness routine right just just come in and and Put the work in every single day and get one percent better, hundred percent, even even a half a percent better. Like every day, you progress just a little bit further, and then you know who knows where you're at by the end of the year. You could be thirty times better than you were at the beginning, dude. That I mean, and that's so spot on. That's that's another like really super awesome lesson that like it it translates from the fitness world, but also over into the business world. Um, is that like when you try to so to rearticulate what you just said? I heard a, a great analogy from Alex Hormozzi. I think it was him, uh, but it was if you want to bake a cake, right, and you put all the ingredients in, and the cake calls for baking it for 30 minutes at 350 degrees, you cannot bake it for 10 minutes at 750 degrees and get the same result, right? Like, you just can't speed up the cake. You got to do it the way that it says to do it, and you have to wait if you want the output, right? And it's the same thing. It's the same thing in training. Right. You can't just go, um, you know, just smash chest every single day for two. I mean, I guess you could, but um, or um, you, you say <laughs> that, try that you say that as every time we have chest day come up, we go chest day, best day. <laughs> I see the look on your face. You're like, is that a dare? <laughs> is that a challenge? No, but like you can't like if you were to just ramp up the intensity, ramp it up, ramp it up. And, and you know, let's say your body was really kind of telling you to pull back. Maybe there's a little tweak or, you know, you're getting a little feedback and you were to just stay on it, stay on it, right? Cooking at 750 degrees, like you're going to burn the cake, right? And you're going to burn your body out. Um, and it's just not going to work. And it's the same thing in business. Just like you said, like, just worry about getting a little bit better. Just worry about getting a little bit better every single day. Um, so yeah, spot on. That, that's a huge lesson that I learned um, through through athletics, through fitness and, and um, in business. Oh, yeah. Good stuff. So we are running short on time here. So the last couple of things real quick that uh, we want to touch on, it's we're going to go back to the fitness thing. If uh, if you were speaking to somebody who is just starting their fitness journey, 
today, right? They're not waiting until tomorrow. They want to get started today. What is one piece of advice that you would give them? <laughs> I would say go look at Seth Feldman's before and after picture. <laughs> <laughs> Follow that guy. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, no BS. Uh, you know, you didn't know I was going to say that, but the um, just do it. Here's what I would say. Talk to you. Talk to Gareth. Um, just do it. You know, the you don't have to be ready to start. You just have to start. And you don't have to feel any sort of way to start. Just get your ass in there and do it and get the first one. Just get the first one. That's it. After that, the cool thing is like science is on your side, right? Like your body is going to release dopamine and serotonin and like your muscles are going to be kind of sore and you're just going to, you're going to have more energy. You're going to feel freaking fantastic. Um, just get the first one in and then like the rest will kind of like start to build, right? Get the first one in, then get the second one in, then get the third one in. Now you have momentum and now you're off to the races. Oh yeah. Good stuff. Well, shit, man. Awesome. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for being the first guest on the Freak Talks podcast. Absolutely. This was and, fun, uh, man. I appreciate it. Looking looking forward to having you on again here sometime down the line once we once we get a little bit more traction and a little bit, little bit more under our belt. Absolutely. And I just want to say you're doing a fantastic job at the helm now at the gym, uh, you know, leading and inspiring. And, you know, you're super jacked and all the dudes want to look like you and all the girls want to be with you. And... Uh, <laughs> No, but seriously, though, you're doing awesome things and, um, you know, leading that community and uh, just super impressed with you. Cool. Thanks a lot, man. Hey, what's up? Thank you for listening to this episode of the Freak Talks podcast. If you found this information interesting, don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us a review. It really, really helps us out. Thanks a lot. We'll talk to you guys next time.